0: Baby, I had these um, high-waisted white Calvin Klein
1: jeans, Ooh.
0: <laughs> and you know I've always been curvy. I had these high. I said, Girl,
1: they say bringing all the boys to the yard.
0: Yes, and they're like it's it's better than <laughs> yours. Okay, damn right, it's better. And so, but like while I was in high school, I um I can't recall like only thing that was like if you looked at me, I was just a regular old boy. But of course. I think my voice was always softer and elongated.
1: What's up everybody and welcome to the Queerly Black Show. welcome back to another episode of queerly black show i'm your host ashley i'm here with reesey g reesey tell the people about yourself
0: oh what's up everybody i'm reesey g not Cardi B, but i still get to the money oh oh my god about me about you. there's a laundry list but i am a atlanta native born and raised in atlanta georgia georgia peeps till i die and I'm currently residing in Dallas. Um, I used to be a fashion stylist. I was a fashion stylist for about 11 years in Atlanta. And I had worked with all of your favorite reality stars. Then I moved to Dallas to, I guess, grow up, is what I say. <laughs> and I got into the world of production. And I've been a producer for the past five, almost six years now. So that's kind of like a little tidbit. A little
1: all right now. All right now. So you already know how I go, man. I got to ask, when was your first encounter with your sexuality? When did you like When did you like them boys, man?
0: Oh, baby, let me tell you something. So I would have to say, you know, I'm from the South. So mm-hmm. I would have to say I really realized that I was into me in my senior year of high school because I played football. I was I played tennis, I ran track, I was all of those things. And I never was like really attracted to men. It wasn't like in the forefront of my mind. But then I noticed like when I started to come into my own and started to feel like, well, I'm gonna get ready to go to college and all those things, I started attracting men. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Cause the, the, I had maybe three or four girlfriends or three or four girls that I dated in school and they always cheated on me. So I was like, something isn't right. Like I know it's not me, and it's definitely them, but I was like, "Well,
1: maybe, <laughs> maybe. can't be me. This okay, can't me.
0: be me. It just can't I'm be definitely me. Definitely not. Maybe.
1: I'm not giving okay. off nothing on this side. It is I not am me.
0: Perfect. <laughs> I am perfect. I am perfect. And then I started to attract men, and I was like, "Well, maybe." maybe I'm gay maybe this is a thing and so um I started to explore my options and honey there was a plethora of options Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so um I remember my first encounter with a man sexually it was a very it was a learning experience Mm -hmm. I would have to say was he older but he was older so at the time I was 19 and he was had to be like mid 30s and he taught me how to how to how to do some things so i had to make sure that (laughs) i continued to grow and plus i'm a scorpio so you know Mm -hmm. i have a reputation to uphold and to live up to i know that's right Listen, so I so had to make like, sure
1: when I was- we go, we going to get this right or we going to fake it till we make it one of the two, but we going to do this thing <laughs> the right way.
0: <laughs> period, period. Because I was like, listen, Miss Thing Girl, I have to make sure that once I do all of this, I have to do it the right way. And then I came mm-hmm. into my own and then I began to really figure out in the spectrum where my place was. And so I think that it took me probably like maybe like two years to really figure it out. But once I figured it out, honey, I ran head first and just kept running. So.
1: Because <laughs> I'm out. She's okay, I'm my
0: Okay. <laughs> oh, she don't run away when it gets hard. When it, it gets, gets hard, we got to do it. have <sighs> to do the right thing with it. Okay. And I'm a Georgia Peach. And I so can. Yo, honey, you, can, you can never run from it. Never. I cannot.
1: So you're telling never. me. Okay. So you was an athlete. You played all these sports. Yes. Track football yes. right y'all changing clothes together in locker rooms.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and you ain't like boys to use the senior.
0: i promise you i didn't so <laughs> i played i played football my once i got into high school so my freshman all the way up to my senior year and i always would look at my my brothers as my teammates mm-hmm. but then i can remember when we went to football camp at this school over the summer you know i um, we would have to team up with the other teams, and one guy was stretching me,
1: stretching, and now that huh? I think
0: about it, I wish <laughs> I wish he could have stretched me in a different way, but he was stretching me, and he was like, "Oh so oh, you you're you gonna them. just
1: cut up today, all right
0: <laughs> I mean I got give you, I gotta give you all of me, okay, <laughs> and so he was stretching me, and I was like he was like, "Oh, so you one of them flexible ones, huh and I said, "Yeah, but I missed it. it just went." Straight. And he was fine, too. He was fine, too. And I was just like, if I had the chance to be a senior again, I'd be listen. You want I'll that have... one
1: stretch again? you like, I want to stretch one, one more time with you.
0: That one stretch, that one stretch. But then I never, it just kind of, it never dawned on mm-hmm. me until uh, my senior year high school, like, I guess, best friend. Mm-hmm. He actually introduced me to my best friend to this day and we've been close for almost like 13, 14 years. But like, it was so crazy because I guess he kind of helped me come into my own too, and I just never, it, like, it never dawned on me that, you know, yeah, you know, you get, you can have a boyfriend right now, and I'm just like, girl, I don't know what a, what this is giving <laughs> <laughs> what the, How that work? <laughs> okay, how that work? But um, but yeah, like I mean, I now when I look back at. Some of the guys that are still kind of in shape and still pulled together that I play ball with, I, just, I, ooh, I wish I could just jump your bones one time right about now. But like while I was in school, it just never crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. You just focused on your Granted, when you running track and you get, and the boys got on them tight mm-hmm. and they are um, blessed in the prestigious areas, mm-hmm. of course you're going to look. But I was looking because everybody else was looking. Mm-hmm. But then nowadays, I be looking because I want to look. You want to look. So I want to look. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's like things have changed, <laughs> things have changed. we've evolved we've changed. evolved we have we have evolved yes, so have.
1: when you were so high school you were you um how'd you dress
0: oh my god jeez so my I've always been feminine mm-hmm. I've always been feminine, I always have had a feminine side. And I always and my dad embraced my feminine side. My mom was like, I mean, you do you, and she embraced it in a in a in a different way than my dad did. But I was like, you know, I'm from Atlanta, so you got Air Force Ones. Mm-hmm. You know, I wear a polo. I was given imitate. Mm-hmm. You know, I was given. I was the one. You remember back in the '90s or early 2000s when you would wear the um, the shirt that was one color and then you put the collar shirt collar under underneath
1: it. it. Listen, and it had listen,
0: a collar standing straight up. Listen, I was that guy. You know, Everybody's going to see that collar. <laughs> listen, I had an S-curl, then I had to match in polo shoes because it was a polo. Like, mm-hmm. I was that guy. My senior, I was that guy. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, if I when I look back on those pictures now, I was like, girl, what was I thinking? You really but, had
1: money if you rock two polos. Listen, You was really, that's two outfits, because that's
0: two different outfits. Listen, that's two different outfits at one time. And so I had the polo t-shirt, and then I had the polo collar shirt. Mm -hmm. He got money,
1: money. (laughs) Okay.
0: But I had my little job at Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. You know, know, all I was doing was just shopping. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't let me get the matching color shoes. Oh, it's over. My senior year, my senior year high school picture, I had on this, like, royal blue polo t-shirt and it had the orange you know polo mm-hmm. horse I had the polo shirt that was orange to match the horse i wore these green i mean excuse me these uh jean um iniche shorts and the shoes that i had on was the blue with the orange it was over it was done it's over for you bro. <laughs>
1: it's over, over. <laughs> You mean, when you got it all coordinated because that's like you know when you you know when you when you shop on a clearance you know you gotta just get whatever they got they might have a, mm-hmm. a blue shirt with the orange horse and the orange mm-hmm. shirt with the the green or something some other is going but when it's all matching you like oh you 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 spent money okay. on that you did that
0: I'm gonna tell you <laughs> something I went to the outlet See, that's how I used to hit my like I used to go to the outlet because see in Georgia in Atlanta the po- you got the polo store and you mm-hmm. got the polo outlet you outlet, might have yeah. to drive about an hour away but, but you all can, the mm-hmm. stuff goes straight to the outlet baby I, mean, I used to go that's to the outlet. I used
1: to take my little two-week check and go to that outlet. Over. Over. Oh, well, that was it. That was <laughs> so, it. So, so you, uh, so what did feminine look like for you? Because if, because I imagine like you, you played sports, but had like a feminist eye, what did that, what did that mean for you? Cause you were an athlete, but like most of the time when a guy is feminine, it's like, you know, he's like an artsy guy or he's like kind of, people kind of assume that, you're just gay because you have a feminine side. What did that look like for you?
0: So feminine looked like for me. I was a. I was in also in orchestra. So I played in orchestra. That was my dad's doing because I wanted to be in the marching band. Drumline had came out. That's what I do. Oh, I love drumline. So every word to the movie. Oh my god, top to bottom. I love drumline, top to bottom, and we love a top and a bottom. Crazy side But when I was, <laughs> when I was. In, when I was in high, high school, I was, I was in an orchestra and then like, I always kept my hair cut. I had to keep a haircut, no matter my barber at the time, like he would, he used to sell newspapers too. So he was going to newspaper routes. And so if I had to go to him at 3am in the morning, I would go to him at 3am in the morning, get my hair cut. So I would have my fresh haircut every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, when I would go and visit my dad on the weekends, he would cut my hair. Um, I would keep my nails clipped, keep my nails clean. I was I wasn't into you know getting my nails done then because I was still you know I was still a kid. Mm-hmm. But um, and then I didn't dress femininely because at the time you know either my dad was buying my clothes or my mom was buying my clothes. And then when I got of age, when I had a job, my junior senior year, then I was buying my clothes. But I was still at the time that was my style. Yeah. But once I got out of high school and went to college
1: what up it's your host ashley and i'm interrupting this podcast to ask are you following us have you downloaded the podcast are you subscribed to us on youtube if you're not already go ahead and subscribe to the youtube channel follow us on all platforms queerly black i'm gonna let y'all get back to the show peace
0: baby i had these um high-waisted white calvin klein jeans
1: Ooh. <laughs>
0: And you know, I've always been curvy, I had these high girls looks say bringing all the
1: boys to the yard.
0: yes, and that like is it's better than oh. yours, okay, <laughs> damn right, it's better and so but like while I was in high school i um I can't recall like only thing that was like if you looked at me, I was just a regular old boy, but of course. I think my voice was always softer and elongated and calm and sweet and you know, my mannerisms was a particular way. So, you know, those things were definitely factors uh, that gave my femininity off. And it was certain things that I wasn't gonna do. Like I did not like, I had a job at Kroger. They wanted me to go and round up them cars and it was hot outside Uh -uh. and I was not trying to sweat. I wasn't doing it, I quit, Mm -mm. so it wasn't happening it was raining one day they wanted me to put on that poncho i avoided that part i did i avoided mm. that one but that day when it was hot and i was like y'all want me to go do what
1: Mm-mm, she can't no. do that, Mm-mm, can't
0: Mm-mm. Do that. She, she need her heat Mm-mm, <laughs> we can't do that nope so She's not giving not giving um, that
1: <laughs> so all. so your style it like evolved when you got to college you kind of like branched out and did different things mm-hmm. <clears throat> then mm-hmm. your your uh how femininity presented itself for you? That makes sense. When did you come out?
0: I w- I came out my senior year of high school. Oh, you did come out in, senior- in high
1: school.
0: Huh? Yeah, my senior year I came out. So my dad um departed. He passed when I was fourteen, mm-hmm. and so I had my mom. And at the time, I was living with my favorite cousin, and so she was this. She was wanting to be a city girl before being a city girl with a city girl. So, you know, girl, she was trying to date all the all the rappers and be all in the places. And so she used to have this guy that used to come over our house and he was a cappa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some capitals and most capitals, they clock you before you clock them. Mm-hmm. And so he had clocked me. He used to always ask like, so your cousin, like, is he, you know, what's what? And we were like five years apart. And so I didn't think nothing of it, but I was hanging out with, my uh, a friend who was a dancer, like he went to a former art school. Like he was like a ballet dancer. So I mean, he's obviously gay. Mm-hmm. Like it's right there in your face. And me, I was kind of like, yeah. And so one day she called me and she was like, where you at? And I was like, oh, I'm over so-and-so house. You know, we just chilling or whatever. Why are you always hanging around with boys? You don't never hang around with no girls. Every time I turn around, you with boys. Like, are you gay? Are you gay? Like what's going on? And I said, well, if you need to know, I'm bisexual. Because that's how I always start. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that every every boy, black boy, I always start out with bisexual men. They either stay there or they go gay. And so um, I told her that and I was like, that's... And then I hung up on her and I didn't go home. The following morning, I went to my mom's... I skipped school. I went to my mom's house. And so I get over there. I pull up to her house. And she's like, what's going on, baby?" So, mind you, my mom was bisexual mm. so this shouldn't have even been and she was masculine so this shouldn't even been a thing right so i pull up to her house and i'm like mama i think i'm gay think i'm just falling tears just crying and so she looked at me she was like okay you still gonna take me to car real quick because i still need to go to the grocery store and i said yeah and then so I've i had I've dried my face and then so as we're driving to the um to the store, it's quiet, it's dead quiet, because I don't know what to say. I'm like, okay, so I don't know what acceptance feels like. I don't know what this is. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't understand. And so she um so I feel her burning a hole in my face the entire time. And she was like, she was like, you know, what I already knew for you. I've known for your mother I always knows and it's mm-hmm. okay. She said. Once you really figure it out, then come back to me and tell me who you are. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And so that's when... I believe, I think in that moment is when I started to evolve. Like I had an internship at a boutique at the time. So I was getting guidance from a woman who was so fashionable. So then my, my fashion sense started to evolve and things that I liked started to evolve. My best friend was our, my, my now best friend was already out and his uncle was gay and he was uh, with his partner. So it was like all around me were these affirmations of just be you. And so as I continued to grow, it was just like, well, girl, uh, if I head first into it and just do your thing. Mm-hmm. And so that was my, now my dad's family on the other side, on mm-hmm. the other, like they, they are extremely conservative. My mom's, like my dad's family is from the country. My mom's family is from the city. So the city family, they already knew because my cousin was going to run her mouth. Mm-hmm. but my my countryside of the family they were just so they're so they were so conservative and it's just like okay well it's okay <laughs> so we, we we love you anyway so uh-huh. it's like all of that thing and so it's like uh, you yeah, know we well, don't we'll, we'll
1: agree but we we love you anyway
0: exactly and then recently I just found out because I had kind of like to stop communicating with them but I just found out last month I got four gay cousins hmm
1: it's always three boring.
0: females and one guy and i'm just like girl mm-hmm. and then one of my cousins my straight cousin he was like well you know you paved the way for everybody I else that paved the way i said well i'll
1: take it
0: all right be pioneer. you know what i'm saying <laughs> like somebody
1: got to do it because this is crazy um with, so you were you in a you in a did you go to school in atlanta too college yeah mm-hmm. yeah. so you're in atlanta all year like um for until recently until you moved to dallas
0: Right, Mm -hmm. I've been in Dallas almost six years. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about something. Atlanta. Uh Oh. Let's talk about Atlanta. Yeah. Down low men for a second. Just describe your experience with that. Not in you know, not in any extreme level of detail, but just the culture of down low men in Atlanta.
0: Oh. I think that people don't realize that there are sectors of DL men when it comes to, I mean, Atlanta is like the Mecca for LGBTQ folk in general, especially mm-hmm. Black, or especially men of color, period. Whether you're Black, whether you're Latino, whether you're, some people consider Asian to be of, you know, color. And so like growing up or becoming a young adult I would always attract DL men because I was feminine. I dressed femininely and I always was like the best, like I had my first encounter, which was a very interesting one, was with this guy who had a wife, who had children, and he just wanted literally somebody that was like his homeboy, but like his homegirl at the same time. So we would chill, of course, we would have sex, and it would be fabulous, and, <laughs> and, but, like, after we would get done, he would just literally just sit there and bit about, you know, what's going on in his home and all of that stuff, but he was a straight man, which I believe is true, because I don't consider, and people will argue me down with this, I don't consider a person to be gay if they have sex with the same sex. That's what society considers, but I don't. I don't consider. I. I just think there's another way to get an orgasm. You know, that's that's just really. This, mm-hmm, that's that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe that when you feel like you can actually love the same sex and that person just so happens to be the one that you want to be with for the rest of your life, that considers you to that considers you to be homosexual. That's what I believe because I've had experiences with men who just only wanted to have sex with me and just chill and be a homeboy you know and then it's the same thing I mean when you got girls in college you know a girl can go and have sex with another girl and then Mm -hmm. she can be straight tomorrow Mm -hmm. you know but it's always that double standard when it Mm -hmm. comes down to men and black gay men in Mm -hmm. particular so you have that type of guy who just want to spend time with you then you have the guy who is struggling with his sexuality I've experienced those and those are the scarier ones because Mm -hmm. it's like When you have that type of man that's DL that you're dealing with, they want to receive all of you as if they were out and in a relationship with you. But we have to be careful because a lot of times that's when it comes down to harm being done to us. You know, when it comes down to feminine gay men, when it comes down to trans women, um, some cases trans men. So we have to be cautious with that because they have a mental blockage with figuring out who they are. Right.
1: So it's fight or flight when you are in a situation of danger, it's like you, you, you can never feel safe because mm -hmm. they're going to always choose this, like the safety of themselves before the safety of you as a -hmm. collective in public. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely. Because you never know what that type of man, it, it, it really boils down to society not being receptive to us as a culture, us as a people and us being a part of the black community in general. You know, and it comes down to just them understanding that just because we choose to have sex with the same sex, that does not make us different from anybody else. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to get the same state tax. I'm going to get the same car that you're going to get. I'm going to get pulled over and get the same ticket. If I catch COVID, I'm going to die the same way you do. So, I mean, it's, it's nothing different outside of how we choose to reach a sexual peak. And I think that once we get that breakdown and kind of translate that through the world and people will get it more. But I mean, and then you have those guys who are just chauvinistic and just DL because they want their cake and eat it, too. And they want to come eat my cake and I'm going to let them eat, too. So. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's, it's so many.
1: What up? It's your host, Ashley, and I'm interrupting this podcast to ask, are you following us? Have you downloaded the podcast? Are you subscribed to us on YouTube? If you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on all platforms, Queerly Black. I'm going to let y'all get back to the show. Peace.
0: Different types. <laughs> and then you have gay men mm-hmm. who are DL.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I actually did our interview at one point in time where somebody actually called me DL, who was also gay, because within the community, like... I don't personally like to tell people who I'm talking to or who I'm being sexual with. And so I keep that very on the, on the DL, on the the discreet level, even though I'm out, I'm this, I'm that. And what I put out into public is that I'm single, which I am single, Mm -hmm. but you know, every now I do have people that I deal Mm -hmm. with. You just don't claim people as
1: like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not like, Oh yeah. You know, casual Mm -hmm. with like, you know who you're talking to, which I mean, mm-hmm. that's you know, straight people do that all the time. I, hell, you see people all the time. They be like, they get married, and you be like, I didn't even know they was dating somebody. <laughs>
0: listen, listen, you know, it's like, so are you married? Yeah, I remember Taraji.
1: Taraji Henson. and mm-hmm. she was like, uh, it, the football player dude that she just, mm-hmm. um, you know, they broke up during COVID or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, like most people, but um. Mm-hmm she before coming out with him she Mm -hmm. said like if we not getting married like I'm not going public with you so like Mm -hmm. after that interview I think that was on Wendy Williams and then after that like Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of guys came out talking about they talked to her because Mm -hmm. of her like the way that she does it so I mean I think that's fine um on the subject of just like uh DL me right Mm -hmm. I think I've had another conversation about this, but I want to talk about that particular man uh, because I think that's the one that, the the first one that's married and having sex with, you know, people is is dangerous for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like, you know, that I think people have a challenge with, but then I think men who are gay, who are on the down low and don't want to be, they publicly talk about being with women or, Mm -hmm. you know, date women and like kind of have this whole facade of like, you know, I date women, you can't see me, but mm-hmm. you don't like, <laughs> or are you like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the relationship between you and the woman is, if it's sexual or not sexual, or if you just have that relationship, you know, as a front, but like, do you, what, what, what is your, um, like your take on that? Or like, do you know people who have kind of had that? And like, I think for me, the curiosity is just like the mindset of that person and like them, you know, where they are kind of in their journey of like figuring themselves out, you know?
0: Yeah. I believe that it always goes back to quite a few things. One is the heterosexual normative of how somebody is cooking the bacon and somebody's bringing home the bacon, that it always kind of has that thing there. When it comes down to those men, society has, the world has made it so hard for men to love masculine women, for men to love feminine men, for men to love trans women, for men to love trans men. All those things that go against the norm of what we're used to seeing. And even um, people, even women or men that are of other races because it's not Mm acceptable in society, but it's kind of a double negative or a uh, double standard because it's only for black men yeah like when it comes down to black if a black man dates a white woman it's like oh my god when is going-? you know it's always this thing and it's like no it's just he love that lady let him love that lady and let it mm-hmm. be okay when it comes down to a lot of dl men who are so afraid to come out and just say hey this is me whether you're bisexual whether you are homosexual whichever is always a situation of acceptance and respect because a lot of men lose respect yeah when they are when they come out at a particular age and they're in a particular caliber i know
1: or they feel like their um their masculinity is diminished because now they're mm-hmm. you know
0: yeah now now <clears throat> but now that you are this now that you are this other person or this pariah, willingly you're this pariah. Mm -hmm. It makes you, it puts you in this whole sector of, okay, now you're the problem or now you're the thing that I don't like or now you're icky, you're nasty, you're disgusting. You're all these negative things that are the negative connotations that come with being who you want to be and who you choose to be publicly. Because privately, internally, you already know who you are. It's just all about public. I know of a guy who was so scared to come out to his friends. Mind you, his family already knew. His family already knew, but it was his friends that he was so in fear of losing by coming out because they were his heterosexual friend group. But he had his whole gay friend group that included um, women, men, and everybody was cool. But it was just like his homeboys that he was afraid of coming out to because he was a masculine guy. And so it's always that acceptance piece. Yeah. Same thing that goes over into dating for us. Like when you have a masculine woman or a feminine man, it's always like a, it's always a particular type that wants us or a particular type that is, is um, fetishizing, fetishizing, excuse me, yeah. about who we, who we are going to be in the bedroom. So it's like, I think that if we had more, Ashley's of the world, more Reesey G's of the world to kind of be on these big platforms to show that it's okay to be who you are and give another perspective. That's why I love your show. Like I was telling you, it's that, that gives room for people to see like, oh, okay, well, it's okay for me to be a man, wear mascara, and then go work in my fortune 500 company that I love to do what I'm doing. You know, of course, be appropriate for your setting, But if this makes you feel good, then do it. And it's always, it's always society and and the church and black culture and you know, like because
1: it's tough. I mean, I, I, it it is to like get to a place where you. I I didn't have like a super crazy like coming out story or nothing like that. I think you know my mom and dad they kind of just uh, I, I, they kind of knew well, we had the conversation but it was like all right mm-hmm. like whatever and mm-hmm. that was helpful because it, you can kind of work through a lot more of the stuff and then you go into environments i always say i just go in as myself like i'm just i'm just me and i almost don't even see like if there's a reaction or or anything i i don't even see it because i'm so mm-hmm. set on just being myself like yeah. My hair is shaved on the sides. I got my braids. I when I go to work, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in leadership. I but I know first of all, my skill set is my skill set. You know my work, mm-hmm. right? Like you know that I'm I'm putting in work. What mm-hmm. I look like does not matter. Like who I am, who I sleep with, none of that matters, you know, and mm-hmm. going into those environments, those spaces like that, you know, with the confidence, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shake on who I am because I don't want you to shake on who I am. You know, right. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable with you know, calling me Ashley and saying that mm-hmm. I'm a woman, even though I look mm-hmm. a certain way, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable with like, oh, is it? Just because I wear a polo shirt and, you know, chino pants right. instead of a dress. Like, I don't want you right, to feel uncomfortable, work. you know? And so I think that, mm-hmm as people grow to your point, you know, and, and feel more comfortable with that, I think it will get better and it'll get easier for, you know, even our, you know, heterosexual um, counterparts to understand and to accept when we, you know, just are more confident in who we are as people. Um, All right. I think um, to wrap up the, the DL conversation, um, what are some signs that a person is on the down low? I
0: think that the signs are... Your intuition—if you feel like your man is on a dialogue <laughs> girl,
1: because
0: <on> <laughs> <laughs> women have a gift,
1: seriously, so
0: women have an intuition that is like no other. Um, I don't think that there's particularly one specific sign, but if you see things that are not usual, if if your man is—if your man is cheating, your man is cheating. Period. And then you have to ask yourself, why is my man cheating? And if my man is cheating with a man, can I is there something that I can do to, you know, not make him do that? Is sometimes there something she could do? Yeah. Um at times, from my experience, sometimes men just need a little bit more adventurous ways to have sex. I think, and some women don't don't want to do that, you know. Mm. But I mean, and that's what kind of stops it a lot because they just don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And sex is a big factor with a lot of a lot of men. Mm-hmm. I mean, but if it was any signs like girl, if you at your house and you know you got you got a you know, you got a you got a cool cat and you see Lou, then you know y'all don't use Lou. Well girl, some up, some up, up some 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 up. Yeah, mm-hmm. some up. If you starting to see um if your if your man it's just like cheating. Mm-hmm. It's just like cheating. If he if he all of a sudden got a homeboy that he always hanging out with, and you ain't never met the homeboy girlfriend, because like nowadays a lot of a lot of men have homeboys who are usually in relationships nowadays, especially since the pandemic. But then all of a sudden he got this homeboy that he done told you about that y'all always hanging out together, and you ain't never met him, girl. They might be um, they might be uh, doing some stuff they might be breaking some souls <laughs> <together>. <laughs> so I mean you know it's just kind of but usually whenever a woman says okay my man is cheating girl your man cheating mm-hmm. so you need to either do one or two things you need to leave him or you need to figure out how to keep him and if keeping him mean that he gotta have a, you know an extra five six inches down there then girl you can't do. you can't offer that so you know go ahead and go <laughs> but go do me, you, you think
1: do you think that do you think that if if, like if, if a woman was willing to you know what i'm saying go you know what i'm saying on the other on, on the other side of the man you know what i mean mm-hmm. that that would eliminate the category of a person or a download person who uh you classify as like not gay but they just are interested in that particular thing do you feel like that will kind of eliminate some of that
0: I do I do I do
1: what up it's your host Ashley and I'm interrupting this podcast to ask are you following us Have you downloaded the podcast? Are you subscribed to us on YouTube? If you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on all platforms, Queerly Black. I'm going to let y'all get back to the show. Peace.
0: I do believe that if if a woman is able to satisfy her man sexually in whichever way that he may want it, then it will keep him at home. But he has to have that level of security to know that you're not going to tell your homegirl, Mm -hmm. your sister, your cousin, brother, mama, And he has to be able to have that security to tell you, you know, this is what I like, you know, but a lot of men don't have that. A lot of men can't walk up to their wife, their girlfriend and say, hey, babe, you know, my G-spot is here. So can you use this to get to my G-spot so that I can have an orgasm? when you have one. Because I didn't found yours several times. That, mm-hmm. But you ain't never found mine. Mm-hmm. And I think that nowadays, a lot of men and women uh, or heterosexual relationships are kind of getting into the mode of doing that. Because, I mean, you got a lot of... it's a lot more women that's tossing salads nowadays. It's a lot more um, women that are, you know, putting... U- utilizing their fingers for other things. So, I mean, I think that we're getting to that point where it's not going to be so... I mean, like, for instance, like, back in the 90s, it was, like, so taboo to find out that a woman was using their mouth on a man. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, oh. but now we're getting to a place where a lot of men are okay with saying that this is what they like. So, I mean, it's slow, but, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of factors come down to sex. But then you got those ones who just are attracted to masculine energy that they can't get from their feminine woman. So I actually know a man who is masculine and his girlfriend is masculine. Mm-hmm. You know, she wears a wears a fade, she's she dresses very butch. So and that uh, and they've been together and they have a son. They've been together, I'm gonna say maybe seven or eight years. And it just works for them. Yeah. But it all starts with the communication. Yeah. Absolutely. All starts with communication. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. What's been your experience dating uh as you know? a more feminine presenting guy what, what's your because you're you know very much a man and you know in touch with that part of you as well as being you know feminine presenting what's been your experience do are people that have you have challenges with challenges with people you know wanting to go public and like all of those types of things
0: i think most recently the public thing has come about because i've become really popular in the youtube world since I've been producing shows and been doing reality TV. So that was a thing. But before then, in Atlanta, it really wasn't like a big deal of, okay, of course you have like the no fat, no femmes thing. I've been real small, I've been bigger than this, and I've been this size. So, I mean, it's just all preference. But with me being feminine now as a, as a real adult, I would say from age 20s. Five to now, I found that a lot of men I'm, i have become a fetish to a lot of men because I'm feminine because i'm pretty, and then when they do finally approach me and then get to know me outside of you know when I take off my makeup and you know I want to watch the game or I want to play you know my PlayStation or I just want to sit there and smoke my hookah or just chill and be like a boy, it's like I didn't know you was like this, and I was like, yeah I mean. I'm just, I'm mm-hmm. just me you know this is this is to enhance my look right. this is not this is not all of me this is just one one piece of me you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah so absolutely. um it, it does make it hard to be because a lot of people always try to put on feminine men that we're aggressive but no i'm just masculine that's feminine looking yeah just a feminine looking man that just go for it. if I see a man over there that I like and we at the bar I'm gonna buy you I'm gonna, what are you drinking and I'm gonna give you the finesse that you need what you drinking what you drinking babe what's mm-hmm. up you know mm-hmm. just like everybody else would
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: I'm gonna get you your drink and I'm gonna say come talk to me for a minute and then we're gonna have a conversation and if it just so happens that we like each other then we're gonna go out to dinner mm-hmm. I'll open your door
1: mm-hmm.
0: I want mm-hmm. you to open mine every now and then to mm-hmm. know,
1: and- Mm-hmm. You know
0: Which door you talking but, about? Okay, <laughs> <You> <laughs> Listen, okay. I mean, you know, whichever door it is, whichever door it is. You understand? But, I mean, you know, it's like I think that for me, it's like once men get to know me, that's when they really are kind of like yes or no. But I do, I do make, I do give access nowadays for people to see my feminine side and my masculine side, especially dating, because now I'm putting myself back out there dating. The last guy I dated, we dated for like about 10 months. And it was the um because I was popular, that was the biggest thing for him. Because I was popular and feminine, it was like he was getting, he was getting um reactions of, are oh, you dating Reese G? The, like the girl Reese G. And then it was like, mm-hmm. Oh, you dating Reese G? Oh, you know, it was that mm-hmm. thing. And he hadn't grew to a level of understanding yet of what that means. So I mean, of course everybody would like to be in a relationship, but now I'm just looking for a guy that's gonna just, you know, we finna run we finna run through these walls together and like break down every single obstacle to be successful together. Like we're finna yeah. link up, we're finna go get this, we're finna go get this. We finna go get this babe, we're gonna get this chick. And by the time we get to the house, we sleep, you know. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where my mind is at now.
1: Yeah, building and, and and you know, growing. Mm-hmm. How's how's the um how's the the queer scene different in Atlanta versus Dallas?
0: I would say in Atlanta, you see a lot of me in Atlanta. You know, you see a lot of feminine, visually feminine men. You could see two femme guys together in Atlanta. In Dallas, not so much. Um, it's still very conservative. Even when it comes down to the gay scene, there's kind of like a a hierarchy there, like a have-and-have-not thing, a popular-popular not, a cute and a cute not. So it's like always these different um, parameters of who you can date or who you can't date. And so, like, for me, when I first got here, because I was the new chick on the block, all mm-hmm. uh, the boys, was, they, they was all in it, child. They mm-hmm. was in it. I had my first one-night stand here. Mm-hmm. I had never had a one-night stand. Like, when I say, like, a real traditional one-night stand of I met you this night, we had sex and I never talked to you again type of thing. That, um, had that for the first time, but like for me, it was more so just kind of getting to a level of understanding what what type of men are moving around in, the, in these Dallas streets. And it goes back to what we was talking about earlier because it's like, it's almost like there's a lot of DL gay men Because it's not about who you're dating for your happiness. It's about who you're dating to see if your homeboy going to be cool with it. Like, I've met a lot of guys that have said, that have told me privately, you know, I don't know what my friends going to think. And I'm told Mm -hmm. that it's not about what your friends going to think. How do you, what you think? How Mm do you feel? Mm -hmm. You know, what your mama going to say if we Mm -hmm. in the kitchen both cook and peach cobbler together? She's going to be happy. Mm -hmm. But I can't force you to. Yeah, To be open to something that you're not open to yet.
1: Yeah, so, for sure. That judgment know. thing is like
0: oh my the God.
1: biggest. It's like, what is somebody going to say? And it's like, whoa. Mm-hmm.
0: Especially when you're dealing with the Bible
1: Belt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: Ooh, God. It's a whole, it's a, it's a thing. And then in the South. And okay. I think it's all about proximity too. Mm-hmm. Because like, I feel like I'm in the South Midwest in Dallas. And then in Atlanta, that's the South. So, you know, even when I move here, people be like, oh my God, you so country. And I'm like, I ain't country, honey. That's my black Depero row creeping up on you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's all about proximity. Cause I go to New York and it's a totally different
1: feel. Yeah. It's you know? like you you just you right in with the crew. We ain't mm-hmm. you know it's no big yeah. deal. Yeah. None. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, I think, you know, obviously I I like I'm a fan of, of yours now. I, you know. Re- we recently connected, and I'm, I'm you know, I, I love what you're doing, and I think your style super you. dope. Your fashion is super, super, super crazy. Um, what? Uh, talk about your businesses and like what you're doing now. I know you do productions. Talk about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm a producer by trade. Like I said, I used to be a fashion stylist. Now I'm a producer where I give the world LGBTQ content. So I did. um I created a show called Chase in Dallas. We did three seasons of that show. I since departed from that company, and now I'm bringing a new show to Dallas called The Come Up Dallas, which is going to be kind of the same but different. Um, it's going to be an ensemble cast for sure. Um, I have a show called The Retreat, which is kind of like my version of a Iyala Fix My Life type of thing, where I bring some people together that are having some mental health struggles, and I bring in a therapist to help them overcome those things in one house over a course of time. Um, And then I also have the Gamble Group, which is my company where I'm your professional middleman. So whatever you need to do, wherever you need to get to when it comes down to branding, when it comes down to figuring out how to get this particular type of service for yourself, when it comes down to if you're trying to find a rental car, if you want to call me and hire me, we can find that for you. Um, But my strongest thing right now is just making sure that I give space and opportunity to LGBTQ folk of color. To grow and see so we can see our same thing that you're doing just in a different way
1: yeah absolutely. so that's
0: that's my thing with a recg production every recg production that I put out, I want to make sure that we give access to people that may not normally see us in that particular way or be because people think that gay folk are just the accessory, the purse to the straight woman, mm-hmm. and I want to show a different side of that any and every opportunity I can get to do that that's what I want to show
1: absolutely, so that's why absolutely. I start doing the show. yes sir we need more of that gotta have it gotta have it
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. and we'll get there we'll get more we'll yeah. get more it's just it just takes time
1: yeah it's yeah. happening it's happening I also love just like you know people being queer influencers like that being the thing right because while we're more than sexuality I think it's okay for you to be comfortable with that you know just it's okay Mm -hmm. it's okay we're gonna you know we're gonna be okay now granted there are times where it's not you know there are places where people live and in circumstances that people are in that are not safe and you know if you're underage and you live with your parents you know you got to do what you got to do to get by your grades Mm -hmm. and your school is the most important thing anyway so focus on that um Mm -hmm. but if you are in a situation where you know you can be open and be out and be free it's nice to see people who are already doing that that you can like say okay i can feel confident to take this step um two more questions yeah if you had a theme song for your life what would it be
0: if i had a theme song for my life what would it be it would be butterfly by mariah carey oh that's a good one yeah butterfly by mariah carey because like i've had to learn especially over the course of the past couple of years to love people from a distance if they go away then they'll come back not to and i had to learn that i'm a butterfly i think we all are butterflies but it's that chrysalis stage that we have to understand we can't let people peel the chrysalis back because it shortens our lifespan by giving us that crutch so we gotta you know climb up that tree as high as we can find that right stable limb get up there build our crystals and start kind of busting out as soon as we get the strength to do so and then once we bust out that thing we are beautiful and so yeah that song that's song has been getting me through it so if you play that on repeat by a couple of times you'll learn some more stuff about this man
1: some mm-hmm. songs be doing it oh, and yeah. if you had advice for somebody um going through their own queer journey what would it be?
0: If I had some advice for someone who's going through their own queer journey, I would say to be prepared for skin knees. Because we don't know how this world is going to treat us. We don't know how life is going to treat us. So just keep walking. Something is going to get in your way. You're going to trip. You're going to fall. And you're going to skin your knee. So just be prepared have your backpack, that wisdom in in the form of band-aid, have your backpack, those bandages in the form of inspiration, whether you take it from people that are close to you or from afar. I have a lot of mentors from afar. I call them like, you know, the Oprahs of the world, the Tyler Perrys of the world, you know, those people that I've pulled from. And just understand it's it's not an inconvenience, it's a journey. Because I would not, me being a queer individual has been the, the, the pinnacle of my life because I didn't realize that being gay was a thing until I moved to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And in Dallas, I have grown so much because of who I choose to show the world, each this, this, this type of me that I choose to show the world each and every time I get on a platform, I go to speak, I do a podcast, whatever it is and i'm okay with it and i don't give a hell Mm -hmm. about who doesn't like it because one person may not like it but 20 people may and that's what we're here to do we're here to continue to inspire people to get to that next level and that's just it and
1: that's on period and
0: that's on period
1: that's it yeah well tell the people where (laughs) they can find you
0: Yes. So you can find me on all social media platforms. Reese G. That's R-E-S-S-I-E-G. Twitter, Reese G. Tweet. Facebook, uh, Reese Gamble. That's my last name, Gamble. And um, Instagram, Reese G. Uh, you can follow my new podcast that I'm producing with some people. You'll see that on my pages. And yeah, everything is just my name. You Google Reese G and you see this beautiful face, which is me. Okay.
1: There it is baby there it is well thank you so much Reese, for coming through sharing your story chopping it up we laughed you crazy you're crazy i know that now for sure
0: Absolutely. and uh, i
1: appreciate you man y'all listen if y'all not following us follow us queerly black subscribe to the youtube channel download the podcast and y'all already mm-hmm. know man i'm your host ashley i'm gonna catch y'all on the next one